Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening today. I'm really excited to have Rob Ward on the phone. Rob's in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, he's a co-owner of a couple of restaurants, um, Cantina 76, which has a, two locations, a very popular, well-known, well-loved restaurant in Columbia, and then Zaz Brick Oven Pizza. Uh, and so Rob has, uh, you know, seen some growth in his business and uh, was kind enough to take some time to talk a little bit about his experience in the restaurant business today. So, Rob, I know you're busy, man, so uh, thanks, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely, Will. Pleasure to be with you. Hey, man, so, you know, um, tell me a little bit about uh, your background in the business and, and kind of, you know, how you got involved in the restaurant business and, um, and, and how long you've been an owner mm-hmm. of restaurants. Well, honestly, it's uh, kind of an interesting story. We opened our first Cantina 76 location in November of 2009. Um, we basically opened it uh, for the most part because we had seen uh, the similar type concepts in and around, especially the Atlanta area where uh, myself and two of my business partners had lived for a number of years. Um, and we thought it would work well here in Columbia, um, you know, kind of southwestern Tex-Mex cuisine, uh, a little bit of a kind of, you know, Americanized flair, I guess you would say, you know, a few things like barbecue brisket, tacos, uh, fried chicken tacos, kind of more your standard quesadillas, chimichangas, those type things. But uh, it's a little more of an a la carte menu. Come in, pick what you want, <clears throat> in and out fast, and then uh, – you know, try to provide a, a friendly, upbeat, lively atmosphere as well where people can enjoy some margaritas, especially margaritas and TVs if they want to watch the game uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, to be honest with you, the last uh, restaurant experience I had had was, was back in college, uh, you know, 15-plus uh, years ago. So uh, it was a little bit of a wing and a prayer when we decided to take the, uh, the leap of faith and, and kind of believe that we – we had an idea that would, would work here and uh, that we would be able in the process to kind of figure out the rest in terms of what it took to, to get a restaurant up and running and uh, and then obviously execute on kind of our vision for the food and hidden uh, service elements and, and kind of manage to that. So, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't someone who, who came from a, 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 you know, career background in the restaurant business, but uh, – uh, myself and my business partners have kind of uh, figured it out uh, as we've gone along. Dude, that's a lot to figure out, man. That's a, so I, I tip my hat because it's a that's a big, big leap to make. Did you guys, your business partners, did they have a similar kind of experience, college and stuff like that? But or, or you know, did you have? If not left, to be honest with you, I, you know, I waited some tables and, and one summer in college. Uh, I was kind of a, a cook at a deli in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> Again, had for the most part forgotten most of what I had known, and, and uh, my business partners were were all successful in other areas, uh, pharmaceuticals. Uh, a vice president of a steel company, and uh, uh, one who's a a stockbroker who owns his own uh, financial advisor firm. So, uh, yeah, we we had to kind of rely on our business experience and. And trust that we were uh, hopefully smart enough to to figure out the rest. But but again, I think more than anything, we believe in the concept and and have kind of adhered to that. That uh, in order to have a successful business, you you first have to have, in particular, food that people want to eat. You know, and it sounds sounds obvious, but uh, uh, 
you know, but sometimes it's not. I, I, I feel in, in this industry when, when people try to, to either push a particular menu or thought on, on, on the kind of food they're developing, you know, uh, into, to markets in particular that may, you know, not be ready for that particular, uh, quality or, or sophistication of food. So, uh, yeah, we had to kind of rely on that, uh, that's uh that kind of core value of uh of uh we think this would work in Colombia and, and lucky for us it, it it definitely did. Man, that's uh so this is this is really interesting. So you guys all were coming at it from different career backgrounds. Um and uh now are you so you've got three partners. So are are you um are you the operating partner or is everybody involved in operations or how how did that work out? Well, we're all operating partners in the sense that we, we govern and run the business. Um, again, yeah. we started the first Cantina 76 in 2009. I came on board full-time, so I was the you know, operating partner slash general manager slash manager slash busboy slash bartender, a little bit of everything. And, um, <laughs> you know, obviously work with those guys in terms of, uh, you know, how we should run the business, uh, you know, the ins and outs, the, the particulars of getting it open. I always say the the other three kept their day jobs. Um, then, almost two years ago, we expanded to our uh, second Cantina 76 location, um, which is on Main Street, about two miles away from from our first Cantina location. Um, and one of my business partners, Chad Elsie, took the lead on that one. Came on board as the the day to day operations manager. Uh, while once again the other two gentlemen have uh, kind of kept their kept their their career uh, jobs to date. So and uh, you know with eyes on expansion, um, you know we hope to bring those guys on in the near term as we kind of uh, transition to to hopefully more restaurants either in Columbia or the uh, surrounding uh, cities here in South Carolina. So yeah, it's kind of been a process uh, where when it makes sense and the the restaurant and/or workload is there. That uh, um, you know, each of us has, has come on board. But uh, you know, until that point comes, it, it sometimes you know, at least to this point, hasn't made sense for for all of us to be full time with the company. But uh, but again, those guys all have a hand in in making the bigger decisions. I guess I should say as to how the restaurants run in the general direction of the company. Wow, man. So that's okay. So I mean, I'm you know. Gosh, I've been uh, talking to restaurant owners and interviewing restaurant owners for a while, and uh, we serve restaurants, and I still, I feel like I learned a ton. Um, prior to the, this podcast series, we did a, a video series, and prior to that, we did we actually did a book uh, of interviews with restaurant owners, and that was like four years ago. So I've talked to a lot of folks, and I've learned a ton, but i got to tell you, I would be, I think I'd just be, I, I can imagine like going and saying, okay, let's, Let's do this. So that's a huge learning curve for you. Where did like what did you do? Like where did you go and you know to kind of I mean some of this stuff is you've got business experience that you know transfers over and it's there's there's common business sense and there's um, you know common financial sense and things like that that would apply to any industry in a lot of ways as a business center. But then like starting a restaurant, hiring a staff, doing a build out, uh, and then once you open your doors you know, running the place, it, 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 there's so much uh, that goes into that. So w- tell me a little bit about, like, what you did through the process of, you know, from when you all decided to do this to kind of getting ready to say, you know, I'm ready to run this place day one. Yeah, it was almost entirely learning on the job. And it's, it's funny when I think back to 
who I was as a restaurant owner and more in particular who I was as a restaurant manager back in 2009 and probably in a, a lot of 2010. It was it was honestly uh, fairly laughable to to be completely <laughs> frank. Uh, you know, I worked long hours and I I was willing to do every every and anything from like I said bartending to you know helping bus boys bus tables and taking out the trash. But you know back then I, I absolutely wasn't the the most effective manager and was was certainly trying to soak everything in that I could. But but it took time to kind of evolve from someone who was uh, completely green and, and into uh, you know someone who who kind of uh, you know, got some experience behind him and, and kind of figured out the ins and outs of the restaurant business. And, you know, I learned from a few people. We, we were lucky in terms of, believe it or not, hiring some some good college-age girls that, uh, you know, had a lot of serving experience that I could kind of tap into, you know, basic things like, you know, what should we do when we open the restaurant? How should we section the, the restaurant? How do we make cuts? Things of that nature. And more importantly, we were smart in that, uh, even though it was a quote-unquote taco place, um, we went out and ha- hired a, a very experienced executive chef who, um, mm. named David Grillo, who, who not only from a culinary standpoint uh, had a an absolute ton of uh, talent, but uh, you know had a, had a long career, you know both with smaller restaurants, but also you know, had worked previously with uh, Applebee's and PGIF Fridays and a couple more corporate establishments where, you know, he was able to give me at least some direction uh, as to how restaurants work, how restaurants uh, are run, day-to-day operations, how they should go, and, and so on and so forth. And then, and all the back-end financial accounting, you know, we use Aloha point-of-sale system, and uh, what spreadsheets to build out, you know, what <clears throat> to do list to to construct for your for your um, staff. Uh, a lot of that was just kind of left to me to, to to figure out on my own and and um, and or you know do some research on the net or so on and so forth. Because now, along with being green in the the business itself, we really didn't have a ton of contacts either in the in the restaurant industry that we could kind of rely on or used as a mentor, so to speak. So uh, a lot of hard work and a, a lot of mistakes along the way, and I guess learning from those mistakes and keep trying until you until you got it right. That's uh that's really cool, man. What did, I mean, like, what are some of the what are some of the mistakes you you know maybe one or two you, you can think of off the top of your head you made um, you know early on that you you learned a lot from? It, it really wasn't. I, I always joke that I didn't even understand the concept of an expo at an expo window and what that person was supposed to do and that until you had the ability to pay and train an expo and, and staff an expo every night that that person should have been me you know like I said I'd come in with all the uh with all the drive and hustle in the world but you know it was me jumping behind the bar and me busting tables and of course touching tables and talking to customers I felt felt comfortable with but you know, uh, a lot of the mistakes were just not knowing what I could do as a manager to more effectively run a shift and, you know, make sure that the people that I employ were doing what they were supposed to be doing because, you know, you have a basic sense, obviously, from eating in restaurants all your life and the server is supposed to serve and 
you know, and somebody comes and cleans the table, and, and when you walk in the door, a hostess seats you, and if you go to the bar, the bartender um, serves the drinks, but uh, you don't really understand the nuances of how to make those people, you know, kind of tick and, and work as a team and the and the little things that kind of take a, a restaurant experience from maybe good to, to great. So that's kind of where, where probably most of my mistakes um we're kind of centered though i'm sure if you if you talk to former employees they probably have a longer list than i did <laughs> that's funny man well did you um now so okay so going back then when you were planning this you've got three partners did you guys all fund this yourselves or did you go raise money or how did that work no we funded ourselves um yeah with four of us that was kind of easier and it was interesting too um in 2009 we were still obviously in the heart of the recession and um our first location is in a spot that was a previous long-term restaurant that had existed for you know 15 plus years in the columbia market and the particular building had been built so this restaurant could move from down the street into a bigger location and um you know the guy who had owned that restaurant for a number of years sold it and uh, the guys he sold it to didn't know what they were doing, so they had run it into the ground in a previous or excuse me, a period of uh, you know, less than a year. And so then the property sat, and because uh, you know, unlike today, where this this property literally would be snapped up in probably 30 days or less, it sat for nine months, which allowed us to kind of focus and take our time, write a business plan, do our research. Get our get our act together, so to speak, and it, uh, we were lucky enough to uh, to, to still have the uh, property sitting there waiting on us. So, um, believe it or not, the recession played you know a big part in that. And then, coupled with, like I said, because we're uh, you know uh, a a more reasonably priced option restaurant-wise at that time, uh, I think a lot of the the restaurant business was slowing down to more affordable options uh, as compared to fine dining places. So even though it was a recession and, and everyone was struggling, I think we got the benefit of not, you know, having to, to try to make our way initially in a, a market where people, it was difficult to get people to come through the door because, you know, coming and spending $10, $15 on a taco meal was still feasible for, for most of the people out there. So that was kind of yeah. an interesting element as well. Now, is it? T- tell me a little bit about having um, three business partners. I'm sure you know you guys knew each other. You you were like minded in a lot of ways, but are there struggles with having three, you know, four people involved in making decisions and um, and things like that? Or has your team really worked really well? I mean, I'm sure you've worked well. Obviously, you've got a successful business, but are there some challenges that come along with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we uh, we always joke we. Uh, we fight sometimes like brothers, and there's times where we probably look at each other and go, God, if it was only me, you know, these decisions would come much <laughs> right. more quickly and fluidly and without, you know, half the discussion slash argument. But on the flip side, uh, one of the things we've gotten very lucky with is that we're both all four very, I guess, diverse in our thinking, and <clears throat> that creates for, for the discussion that, I think ultimately leads to to some great decisions being made. So, um, so yeah, the process definitely at times can be be trying, but uh, you know the end result when you look back and you kind of get past it and 
a little time has passed. You, you look back and go, I, you know, I don't know if I would have made that decision if it was just me. Or, you know, there's power in numbers. Uh, that's one thing I've learned, too. It's like, um, you know, when you are on the same page and when everyone agrees, you, you you trust in yourself. But if you have three other people that are kind of there with you, too, you, you kind of um, – expands on the confidence that you have to, to especially make the more difficult decisions. And a prime example of that would be, like I said, our second location. Um, yeah. you know, it literally is two miles away, <clears throat> though a different area of town. It's you know, right on the, the main Main Street business district, high-rise component of Columbia. But, again, you know, you find very few restaurants, even the Chipotle's and, you know, McDonald's of the world that are putting restaurants that close and, and – you know, I don't think I would have made the decision on my own to, to feel confident in putting a restaurant that that close. But the four guys that that huddled up and said, "Hey, you know, this is a different area, different clientele," you know, and the restaurant business, our restaurant business, is where it needs to be. You know, let's do it, and and that one's been a, a an absolute home run as well. So, yep, a little bit, a little good, or a little bit of bad, but but I guess a lot of good in, in terms of having uh, the three guys do this with me. So now, and so, you, so, and that's worked out well. You guys opened two years later, which is pretty soon after the first one, especially um, since uh, you know you, you guys were still kind of getting your feet wet. But so that was that worked out well, and you've now got two successful Cantina Seventy Six locations two miles away there in Columbia. Yep, correct. That's awesome. And then so now, when did when did Zaz open? Well, Zaz is interesting. Zaz was a another restaurant that. Had been in existence for 15 years. Still had a loyal following. It's it's located directly across the street from our uh, first cantina restaurant, and um, you know, long-term establishment. But uh, <clears throat> quite frankly, the owner had just less and less. You know, as the years went on, you know, he hadn't put any money into it, hadn't redone the property or the interior. Uh, you know, his focus was definitely slipping and. And consequently, you know, the business, you know, from a sales perspective, had started trending down, but was still fairly strong, based, you know, predominantly on the uh, loyalty of the customer. So we kind of saw that as a a really good opportunity because um, you have to be familiar with Columbia, but uh, that restaurant and the first Cantina 76 are, are located on Divine Street, which is not too far from the University of South Carolina campus, and you know, surrounded by neighborhoods, and it's kind of like a, you know, you get a lot of locals and people in the surrounding area, but it's also, you know, business enough that people come from all over to, to shop in that area or pass through to other parts of town. So kind of looked at Zaz as a, a great opportunity. First of all, a great property. Secondly, a business, though it was starting to flounder a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the sales numbers were there and that if we could get in, do some improvements, uh, you know, hopefully improve the interior and the the uh, food offering and the service that we could get some of the people that we knew had, had kind of not been going there as regularly and, and, and stop the trend of declining sales and turn it around to where we could grow the business and, and it wouldn't take us too long to, to get back to those numbers that uh, would result in a very successful restaurant. So uh, we kind of, you know, took a stab at that because it was uh, – you know, near-term opportunity, and uh, you know, so far so good. We we bought the business in January of this year, and it took us about six months to 
redo the entire interior kitchen, you know, and the, the restaurant itself. And then we opened um, the end of June. So we now are closing in on our, our first two months of uh, kind of the grand reopening of jobs. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on that. Um, you guys have got a good growing business. Are you, um, what do you think you're, what do you think you're doing well? Do you, do you, let me ask you that. I mean, let me actually ask you this. Do you think that, have you ever thought that maybe not, like all of you not having significant restaurant experience has, has helped in some, some ways? Absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because I think with any business, you, you come in and as you're raised, so to speak, through the business, you take on kind of the preconceived, you know, notions or ways of doing things, you know, um, how the front of the house and back of the house never get along, for example, you know, and we were able to come in with a different approach of, no, 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 in our restaurants, the front of the house and back of the house are absolutely going to get along, and you know, I mean, a kitchen guy can be friends with a server, can be friends with a busser. The servers are going to get along with the bartenders, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, there was no, there was no kind of tried and true, you know, just uh, ingrained ways of doing things, uh, ingrained ways of how we do things as it pertains to restaurants. So, yeah, we, we, I think that's helped us immensely in terms of coming in with kind of a a fresh outlook and to answer kind of your other question, you know, it's a, it's a few things. Obviously, the food is, in my opinion, always the, the first. I mean, you can have everything else in line, but if your food's not good and it's not something that people want to eat, then they're probably not going to return. You know, and the next comes service. Service, you know, you got to have great food, but you, you have to provide, you know, great service and then, you know, atmosphere as well. So, you know, we weren't reinventing the wheel in terms of those things, but, um, I definitely think we came at you know how we how we execute on each one of those in a in a very fresh manner, so to speak, to to where you know the people we hired and people that had had been long term restaurant people were kind of uh, you know refreshed in a sense and 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 kind of this was a a new chapter in in their careers and they kind of liked the way we did things and. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty obvious statement, but you're only as good as the people that work for you. So we've been very lucky to, yes, create a, a working environment where, the, where those people can excel. Do, do you and, and have most of the folks you hire have significant restaurant experience, or do you also, you know, look for folks that may not have, let's say, serving experience, but have a passion to serve that you can kind of teach, you know, um, how to be a, a, a waiter or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, back of the house, definitely we look for experience. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be tremendous. Like I said, um, a lot of the people we've employed over the years are people who are in hospitality and management at, at the University of South Carolina. They've got a really good program, and especially in that field, it, it seems to tap into your traditional college student, 18 to 21, but a lot of people who have gone back to college that might be, you know, mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s. So. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a tremendous amount of experience, but obviously experience in the back of the house is, is desired. Front of the house, you know, I kind of look at that as, um, you've got to have a, a good many experienced servers. And when you have a strong kind of core team, you can kind of build around that with, with some people that have less experience. You know, if someone comes in 
and uh, you know, just has a great personality. You know, they they pay their bills and pay their rent and need to work and are less concerned about going to a football game or you know out to the bars than than experience. You know, you can, you can go with someone that maybe has a little less experience and and just train them real well to to do do the job. So I think that's a kind of a little bit more on the front of the outside, a balancing act of of uh getting both the experienced people and, and some with a little less. And, you know, as we've kind of moved through the years, we've come up with with uh, kind of your standard ways of bringing those people on who have less experience uh, as hostesses so they get a feel for how the restaurant works and bringing in to-go orders and so on and so forth and, and then moving them uh, to, to servers as they gain that experience. Well, now, now you guys are in a um... – you know, folks listening, Rosin, as I said, in Columbia, South Carolina, so there, there sits the University of South Carolina, a, a booming, growing, thriving uh, university, great, you know, athletic program, gigantic student body. It, it be, is it is being in a college town a, a good thing? Has that benefited the business? Um, or, to, you know, is that something that kind of contributed to why you guys wanted to be in Columbia? Or, or we'll talk about that a little bit. Well, we're three of us. Are, well, no, two of us are from Columbia. Three of the four business partners went to the University of South Carolina years ago, and um, so yeah, um, wasn't as much choosing Columbia because of certain qualities. Uh, you know, we knew Columbia, we knew the university, but as far as USC, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a a university that. Five years ago, it was 28,000 students strong, and I think it's up to probably the mid-30s at this point. And, um, what's most interesting about being in a college town is if you can ca- capture some of the college market, it almost provides a, a just steady stream of potential customers. And I think with any restaurant, you know, a restaurant opens, if you like it, <clears throat> you may eat there two or three times a week. And... You know, six months later, you might be eating there once a week. Six months after that, you might be eating there once every two weeks and then once every month. And, you know, I mean, I think it's just the natural order of things that, you know, we get tired of places we go to over and over. And though we don't abandon the business, per se, we're just not going there as frequently. And I think we found with the USC students that kind of when you hit that cycle, well, then they graduate and, you know, you have a perpetual new new flow of students coming in that can can patronize your business and and um and uh you know provide provide customers that you need so yeah usc has been absolutely great to us and we love the usc students no doubt about it how do you um lots of good restaurants in columbia now more and more all the time how, how do you guys uh what's what's worked for you for uh attracting you know, attention to the restaurants and getting people in the doors. Um, have you been really good at sort of marketing and, and branding yourselves, or are you focused more on just when somebody comes in, the, the service and food are so great, you know, they're going to come back and more word of mouth? What's worked well for you? Yeah, it's definitely been the word of mouth. We've been very lucky in that we've had to do, uh, I won't say no advertising, but very little. Um, mm. um, yeah, it's, it, it again goes back to, to good food in particular, you know, hopefully good service, and then you know, people have been great in terms of spreading the word. 
Um, so, yeah, we've gotten very lucky on that that part. None of us are, are expert marketers. We, we did in 2010 do a little campaign where we spent some money and did kind of a mix of print, uh, you know, mailers to the to the local um, neighborhoods, uh, some TV ads and radio ads. But you know, looking back, we we never got a sense as to to whether um whether or not that was truly effective, and and we haven't done any since, kind of because of that. Um, I will tell you one of the things that was great is South Carolina. Um, I know other states do as well. Have have a thing called Restaurant Week, usually in January of yeah. this year, where they do you know a kind of uh, statewide you know, branding and advertising of this thing, and restaurants can participate. And you know, after our first year of operations, things were going okay, but not great. We we participated in Restaurant Week, and it's got an absolute ton of people uh, through the doors at that point, and. Um, you know, I think, again, going back to the word of mouth, a lot of people left and went and told other people, and, and from there the business kind of took off. So, you know, I always give a, a lot of credit to our success to that uh, that first restaurant we, we did back in, uh, I guess it would have been the beginning of 2011. Yeah. So, but, but, and, cool. and, but, so that was sort of a good a good uh, lever for you, but you, you all, I mean, had you not been ready, had your food not been you know, really good, your service, your atmosphere, your ambience, uh, you know, all that stuff, then, you know, it would have been, you know, could have been gone the opposite way. So you guys, it sounds like, that's really cool. I mean, it's good to hear. Like, you haven't really had to plow money and maybe even more importantly sometimes time into uh, advertising and marketing because then it kind of gives you, does it give you just, you know, the ability to really kind of just focus heavily on what's happening within the four walls and making sure that experience is just great time after time, day after day? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about it, even the smallest ads and, you know, local magazines are really expensive. So, you know, a lot of times if you're not spending $1,000 on an ad, you can spend $1,000 on a new TV or, you know, if you're not spending a, you know, X amount on a, a radio spot, you can spend that on the, your stereo system or something along those lines, or obviously, too, you know, it, it filters into if you don't have a huge ad budget, you can spend more on your people. So that guy you, you want to hire on as a line cook that everyone else might pay $10, you're able to pay, you know, 11 And so you're, you're able to, to get good people to, to execute on the food because that's the other thing, you know, you talk about the number one goal, um, providing good good cuisine, well, you, know, you don't always have your chef there to to make the make the food. You know he's training people too, and you know he needs time off as well. And, and so you got to have great people that can consistently uh, you know execute on the on the vision as well. So yeah, absolutely. The, the lack of advertising has allowed us to, to to be a little more free with our spending in other areas, which has is uh, definitely benefited the the long term success of the restaurant. That's awesome, man. So you will, um, and now are you, so Dodge, you're just kind of two months into the, the reopening and, um, what, what's, what's next for you guys? I mean, you may not even have had time to even think about that yet with Dodge being, you know, relatively new, but uh, do, you, do you plan to continue to grow, uh, one or both of the concepts? Yeah, we're, we're really more focused on the cantina. That's, that's our baby and that's, that's yeah. the, the, uh, definitely the concept that I think lends itself to, to um, 
to expansion, and you know it's kind of always been our plan. Like I said, we would not have delved into to another area if not for Zaz being a place, like I said, that we you know grew up on and and knew very well, and it being right in in our wheelhouse location wise and a great space that we think we can utilize for years to come, even if Zaz is not ultimately successful. So it's uh, definitely Cantina, and we've been. We've been looking for a while now, to be honest with you, for locations in, uh, you know, Greenville in particular, and Charleston, and and uh, an area Lexington, which is an area outside of Columbia. And uh, mm. and unfortunately, like I said, where where I give uh, you know major credence to to kind of our general luck with uh, starting this thing back in the recession, it's kind of the, a little bit of the opposite these days in terms of the economy. Uh, being so hot and restaurants popping up, you know, all over the place, but especially in Columbia, so that obviously ties up the real estate market and makes it a little more difficult to find that kind of prime location because that's another thing that is uh, is is obvious, but uh, or should be obvious, but I don't think a lot of people execute on is that you, you have to find a great location, you know, and if that takes being a little more patient and. Uh, and so be it. But, uh, you know, at least part of our success at both places uh, is definitely due to simply where the building is located and, and you know, the, the surrounding opportunity in terms of, uh, like I said, the, the neighborhoods and students uh, for the Divine Street location and the, the business clientele uh, on Main Street. So, yep, we're looking and, and hope to to maybe uh, move into one of those those markets here in the not-too-distant future. Well, now, let me ask you this, then, because when you talk about a great location, so um, how do you, you know, how do you know when, I, mean, I guess there's, you know, sometimes it's obvious, but sometimes it's not. I mean, for instance, like you opened two miles down the road, and you guys had, you know, some some difference in opinions initially about whether that should work. So how, how do you know when you've got a great location? Um, I don't know that you, you fully do until you open, to be honest. Um you know, it's, it's like with anything. There's there's a large amount of inherent risk in in every restaurant decision you make, especially with the location. I think I think you know, one of the things that at least with Columbia, you know, we just know the town inside and out because uh, you know we've either yeah. grown up here or been here a long time. So um, you know that'll obviously be different with uh, with some of these other cities. And one of our business partners is from Charleston, and we all spending good deal of time and have a number of friends in Charleston, so we've got a pretty good bead, I think, on what, quote, unquote, great locations may be there, you know, areas that are up and coming, you know, the more developed areas, so on and so forth. If we choose to go to Greenville, <clears throat> quite frankly, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. We don't know as many people up there. We haven't spent as much time, so, you know, that will be a, that'll be a good question to put on uh, on your list for the next podcast to come up couple of years later next interview <laughs> to see if we, right. if we uh were able to figure that out when we uh when we do expand well two really good markets greenville and charleston i mean charleston my goodness um that's uh that's good to know i mean good good to have you know some, some insight down there that's a wonderful um culinary scene a competitive market a growing market and then now greenville is, is just i think one of the uh, becoming one of the more popular places in the southeast for for people to move to. So, um, absolutely, yeah, that's that's great, man. Well, so 
Look, I really, I think, I, hey, man, like I said, I tip my hat. I admire what you all have done. I admire the, um, you know, the confidence and willingness to go out and, and you know, throw your hat in the ring and, and give this business a try. It's a tough business. A lot of people don't don't get it right. So you guys have done really good stuff, and that's an inspiring story. And I, I just I cannot thank you enough for the time, and I wish you, you all, you and your team, you know, continued success with it. And, uh Really appreciate you taking the time. This is this is great. I love hearing this, man. I'm so inspired. Like I don't have to have had, or you know, I I can I could do this one day. And, and those of you listening, you, you can uh, if you you know you take your time and you um, are thoughtful and and uh, you know what all the stuff that Rob has talked about today. Um, is, you know, if you if you get after it, you can you can do that as well. And I guess one thing I'd say, Rob, too, or I'd ask. I mean. Um, and actually, I meant to ask you this earlier, but tell me one more thing, and I'll let you roll. I think I'm asking, and you know, I know the answer here, but I, I've got to imagine that you, because you had to learn, you know, on the job, as you said, you, you had to do pretty much everything in there. Um, does that help you as a leader of your team? Having, you know, so you're kind of like not going to tell anybody to do something you haven't done yourself, right? Yeah, I, I very much believe uh, in leading by example, and 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 absolutely, you know, it's just uh, the more you can do in a restaurant, then the more you can coach on how to do that job in a restaurant, and just as importantly, the more you understand the challenges that those people face. You know, mm-hmm. one thing, for example, I'll give you a prime example. When you know, when you get busy as a bartender, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you forget to ring in drinks. You have no understanding of why that happens, that it's not stealing, that it's not, you know, because they're not smart enough to do the job or capable enough to do the job, but that sometimes it just happens because you've got all these people barking out drink orders at you, and, and sometimes though you're focused and saying, okay, i got to ring these in, ring these in, ring these in. All right, so it kind of changes the way you, you manage those individuals. You're not coming down as hard on them like, gosh, got to ring in those drinks, can't believe you failed at your job, it's more, hey, ringing those drinks, I know where you're coming from, you know, I've been there, so, yeah, absolutely looking back, um, I was glad I did those things, because it's given me a, a different spe- perspective as uh, as a as a true manager of those uh, people I employ now. Yeah, that's really good advice, man, and that's really helpful, and I think, you know, um, something that a lot of folks, you know, might overlook uh, coming into it, so... Man, listen, Rob, again, thank you. I really, really appreciate it, and uh, congrats to you guys. I'm in Charlotte, so, and my, I have actually a um, a brother-in-law who is a uh, younger brother-in-law. He's there in college at University of South Carolina, and we're, we'll probably be down to him some this, this fall, so we'll, we'll come hang out with you guys for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Please please stop by and, and ask for me. I'd love to, to meet you in person, and I, I appreciate the opportunity, and, um, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, Rob. Hey, man, have a good one, and uh, and, and thanks again for the time. We'll, we'll we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Okay, thanks, Will. Okay, take care. Bye.